Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Recording up in this bit. What did you just say about the poop? Poop. The poop. <laughs> I said she's the a bitch who cried poop. <laughs> My dog's been crying in the middle of the night, and she she had diarrhea the other night, so it was a true story. But then last night she was crying, and I let her out, and it was raining, and she wasn't really a fan of going to the bathroom in the rain. I'm like, you need to go where you need to go. So we were calling her the bitch who cried poop. <laughs> the bitch who cried. That's poop. the thing, as you guys know, and you moms too. Like you don't know if they're faking. Totally. You know, but the worst thing would be wait, like letting them cry it out in the box and then coming down and they did have an accident in the crate. Yes. So that's not fun either. <sighs> that's the thing with kids and puppies. Like you just don't know. You're like, come on, are you really, are you really hungry? Are you, you really need to go to the bathroom? And you're like, oh, whoops, I right. should have believed well, you. Well, I know like it's like don't little kids like every time. I mean, even just when I babysat, I remember like I'd babysit little kids put in bed and they'd be like, can I have a glass of water? <laughs> yeah. Can I, I watch TV? Can you read me a book? Like literally, I'm just like, no. <laughs> Just it's always got enough things. things. Yeah. This is what's tricky too about having the puppy is I, because she's so cute is Je- Jeff is the worst. He was saying before we got her, we were like, he goes, you're going to be the pushover. I'm like, this, this dude is so wrapped. We call her pause toe beans. I'm like, you are wrapped around her toe beans so bad. She will do naughty things. And he's just like, oh, look how cute it is. I'm like, she is learning to do that. Like, no, we have to discipline. So I'm like the disciplinarian <laughs> here. And I had no idea it was going to go that way. She I could is... see you being the disciplinarian when oh, it comes to her. This child. I she's... mean, I definitely am. The only <laughs> times that Keith has actually seen me like actually yell has been at her across the room. That's it. I've like never yelled at him, never like raised my voice at him. It's just her. Yeah. And not a lot. Like when she's a puppy and she was getting into everything, I was like constantly, but now it's not every once in a while. Yep. Man, these, these puppies. Anyway, this is Danny J. And this is Jill Coleman, and welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast, the best podcast, which I think we, that's going to be our rebrand soon, just the best podcast. The best podcast. And it's- we have been answering uh, your questions on the last couple episodes, and those are so fun for us. And they're not even really, y'all just say like, hey, you know, can you, what is your take on this or whatever? And we've actually been having a lot of fun with those. So we went to, we went to the DMs and we asked y'all and we got some great suggestions. So what do we got today? So we had this DM and it's really, it's a juicy one. It's a relationship question. And this is so great. It's kind of about, well, it is about breaking up and kind of holding the line, I think. So uh, I didn't ask to say the name, so I'll just skip over that part. Um, she says she's been a listener for about three years and she's, we've answered so many great questions. Thank you. As new year begins, I'm in the process of leaving a relationship that I've been unhappy with for a long time. This relationship moved quickly. I found out there were a lot of codependency issues on my end. I finally built the confidence to follow my gut and make the decision to leave. Not easy. However, my partner is not handling the situation very well mm. and is doing everything he can to try and make me stay. Though he's saying all the right things, like how he realizes where he needs to change and we should go to counseling, I still have a desire to choose myself and really figure out what I want to do with my life and embracing be alone. But it's hard when I feel like the bad guy and giving up on someone who has always considered me. So any advice on how to stay strong during this time and what to focus on moving forward mm. and please suggest any previous episodes or 
from the best life or books that might be helpful. And I, Oh, I could relate to this so well. I feel like every breakup I've been in, I've been the bad guy and it is hard, especially when the person is not wanting to let you go. And suddenly Mm -hmm. they're quote changing or they're seeing all the signs and they're like, I should have. And that is a tough, tough place to be, especially if, you know, we've done the people pleasing episode and maybe that's an episode you can listen to as well. Since you mentioned codependency, and we've done, we've done ones on like boundaries too, Mm -hmm. communication Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So first off, I want to say, um, congratulations on making the decision. It's always hard to make a decision whether you're going to stay or leave. And the hard part is, is when you've finally got there in your mind and then someone's coming in, making you question yourself, you start to, yeah, you start to question your own decision. You start to question your own intuition and you start thinking maybe things can be different. And I'll just share personal experience. This definitely happened to me with my ex-husband, um, I left the marriage after I found out about the affair. However, I left with the deep, deep hope that he was going to come begging back, begging to bring me, to have me come back, change everything. And we were going to live happily ever after. And we'd have the amazing story about how we overcame and all of that stuff. And that didn't happen immediately. Uh, I left, I moved to LA, I moved in with Joe. I started working on myself. I got some counseling. I started just kind of, I got my own apartment, um, just kind of making new friends. And I had been there in LA about six months. And then my ex out of the blue comes to visit me. And he even pulls out my wedding ring out of his pocket. And I was like, what is that? (laughs) And he's like, it's your ring. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm not going to work. And I've been sleeping around with people. I've been dating. I've been doing all kinds of like just living a whole new life without him. And, uh, so he comes back and he's, and I told him, I don't think I could wear it. Um, he said the right things like, you know, this listener said, said a lot of the right things, how he was so deeply sorry and how he messed up. And, and I started to waver and think, this is what I wanted, Danny, like six months ago, this is exactly what you wanted. You wanted him to come back. You wanted him to make things right again. But I had done a lot of work on my own and I had done a lot of these kind of things to move forward. And so, and what's interesting is I had time and space to do that, but a lot of times, and I know Joe will probably echo this is like when a chick is gone, like she, we've been gone in our brain for a little while. Right. So even if you, the listener just left, you've obviously, you said you've been unhappy for a long time. You've probably taken a lot of time and mentally checked out before it came to his attention. And there's this Taylor Swift song. It's a, it's a duet. And I've been listening to it a lot lately. And it's basically this, this guy and girl going back and forth. And he's saying, I couldn't read your mind. And she kept saying, there were so many signs. There were so many signs. And he was like, I didn't see any signs. She's like, there were so many signs. So I think that us as women, we think there's so many fucking signs. And the guys were like, what signs? I didn't see it coming. And you're like, how did you not see this coming? Like I've had one foot out the door and you, we've had not a great relationship for a while. Where the fuck have you been? So when they finally come around to it, we feel bad because we love the person. We're like, I loved you. And you are seeing some things that are wrong. And it's fine. Unfortunately, it took me leaving or this huge thing happening to come to your fucking attention, but it's a little too late. But I will, I will say this um, to the listener, what helped me a couple of things, um, going to a counselor and I went back to her and I started saying, I'm like, I don't even know if I want he's saying all the right things now, but I'm at a place now where I'm not even sure that's what I want anymore. And she said, well, what does he need to do in order for you to consider? 
And I was like, well, he needs to. And I had three very specific things, get a job, move out of his dad's house and uh, go to counseling. And she goes, okay, if he does those, then, and I'm like, but what if he does them? And I still don't want it. And she goes, he needs to do those things for you to even consider wanting to be back. And that made me feel better. Cause I'm like, I need to see these things. And even if you do them, I can still say no, but those are the minimum requirements for me to even consider putting this, these things, these pieces back together again. And so I think that was really great advice. And something I would just share from my counselor to me, to you is ask yourself, are there certain things you need to see for you to even think about it? And there may or may not be, and it, you, if there's not a requirement. You don't need to set them up for failure. Um, and the other piece was, and I know Joel was a part of this was <laughs> you can always go back. So I remember going through the divorce and being like, this is so final, but the truth be told is my parents got divorced. They were divorced for three years and then they got remarried to each other. So you can split up and still end up back together, but you do deserve the chance to be on your own. Let him give the chance to be on his own and prove himself. And maybe he'll find some amazing confidence and maybe you will come back together strong, but maybe not. Anyway, well, I just hijacked also, like a big part. So no, it was no, I think that was great because that's such good context. Cause I, I wanted to point out the fact that when you were going through that with your ex-husband, you guys weren't together. And mm-hmm. I think that was that I think that maybe for this person who asked this question, this is good reminder that you don't have to supervise that, right? So mm-hmm. like you've made the decision, you've left. Sounds like he's trying to get you back into the relationship and is saying all the right things and is saying he's willing to do all the things that maybe you wish you had done before, but you don't need to be back together for him to start doing those things. You know what I mean? He doesn't need you because you're the one who's like set on your path in terms of like where you want to go and what, where you want the relationship to go. So, you know, Danny wasn't like, yeah, we'll get back together and then I'll help you do all of these things. She said, mm-hmm. you need to do all these things on your own. And then let's see where you're at. Let's see what that looks like. And then I can consider it. So I think the, the key here is realizing that first of all, wanting to, to break up. And this is what's so hard is like, you're not a bad guy, you know? And I, I think mm-hmm. sometimes we go wrong feeling like one person is like, quote, the victim and the other person is the perpetrator. Or someone's like, you know, the person who got done wrong and the other person's the bad guy. It's so easy to just assume the role of even, you know, inf- infidelity, you know, we think, okay, the person who cheated is the perpetrator. And the other person just like, is this innocent sort of like victim of the circumstances. Now I will never say that, you know, you didn't make someone do something or like you didn't, you know, force this person to do whatever. But at the end of the day, like you're, it's not about right or wrong, bad or good. It's really about a fit. Mm. So just because you were the one who, who came to the realization that this isn't a good fit, chances are, if he sat with it and over time, he'll probably come to the same conclusion. You just came to it sooner because maybe you have a higher, um, what's the word, like a higher standard, you know, Mm -hmm. you're like, I know what I want in a relationship. And maybe you came to that realization a little bit better, or maybe you were the one who were more suffering more in the relationship. Um, so when you come to that realization, I get what you're saying about, it can be hard to be the bad guy, but honestly, you did nothing wrong, absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing wrong. And you're also under no obligation to, um, to give him a second chance to stay in the relationship, to supervise him, you know, doing the personal development that sounds like he's ready to do. If it is, if he truly, and this is how I see it, if he truly wants to become someone different or a better partner for you or whatever, I think lay out what potential things, like Danny said, the potential things that you would need to see, but you also need to oversee that process. Mm. You know, And I will also say this, like as a caveat, deep down, we know what we want to do, right? Like it sounds to me like this gal 
doesn't want to be in the relationship. She's already made up her mind. You had said when you left your husband in that moment that you left him in that week or whatever it was, you wanted him to come back. So if he had come back, you would have taken him back. Mm -hmm. But if you had already checked out, you would have been 10 steps down the road already. So I think honor that. And instead of, and I think ask yourself, like, where's my motivation coming from to even consider getting back together with him? And if the motivation is this feeling of guilt or obligation or having to give him a second chance because of some like imagined martyrdom, I don't think you're you have to do that. So I think it's okay to just go with your gut. You know, I know in previous relationships I've been in, they have gone sideways. We've either broken up or almost broken up, but I really did want to work it out. So when the person came back and wanted to tell me how they were going to change and what they were going to do, I took them back because that's what I also wanted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right. Like I think deep down, you know, and it sounds like for me that she's already sort of mentally checked out, but is just still considering because of the, the emotion that yeah. her partner is, is still portraying, which is tough. It's really tough to manage. Yeah. The emotion, the time. I mean, you, you were in love with somebody, you were in a relationship with them. It's not easy to walk away. And Jill really said, hit the nail on the head with, you're not the bad guy. You're just kind of the one that's maybe pointing out the obvious that maybe even he isn't seeing. Um, my first relationship, my first boyfriend that I had my daughter with in high school, I dated him for four years And we were going to college and things just were shifting. Like I wanted to move away and he was staying at home, living in his mom's basement. And we were just in different places. And I remember thinking we had a child together. We need to stay together. And there were so many reasons for me in my mind that I should not leave him. Like he stayed with me when most guys in high school would have just left a pregnant girl and he stayed with me and he did so many things for me and his family did and you so were many close, things for me. really. Yeah. You were close to his family. Yes. Huge. Oh, yep. Loved his family and just all of these reasons to stay. But ultimately I just knew we were not moving forward in the same direction anymore. And so I felt that guilt and I felt like I was the bad guy and he hadn't done anything wrong. And I think we sometimes get this idea from the movies or maybe even from what we think about divorces, well, there's good reasons. Like somebody has to be bad to you. Somebody has to hit you and then you're allowed to leave or someone has to cheat on you and then you're allowed to leave. But if it's a good person, they don't do anything bad. Why are you leaving? And Mm. we just, to Jill's point, it's just not a good fit. Sometimes, sometimes we just outgrow someone and it's not the best. And it's looking back it was the best thing. Like if I was still with my high school boyfriend, oh my God, like both of us would not be happy <laughs> right now. I've seen him. He's in, he's a completely different place. I'm in a completely different place and it released us both. And I would, I would encourage you instead of thinking you're the bad guy to think you're the good guy. Maybe he doesn't see it right now, but you'll both probably look back on this in a couple of years and go, it was so good that I did that. It released both of us to do what we needed to do or be who we needed to be. And sometimes we need to learn lessons the hard way. I mm. hate to say that, but a lot of lessons come from someone breaking up with us, leaving us. I, I am grateful for my marriage ending. And I wouldn't have said that at the time. And, been, and I was still wouldn't be like, please someone in the future cheat on me. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to look at it that way, but I'm grateful for the lessons and for what I can the new relationships I've created and the new insights I have going into new relationships. And I'm sure some of the guys I've broken up with are grateful that I released them as well because they're in a different place that they need to be. So we can't look at it as someone did wrong. And, you know, people obviously get nosy about breakups and what happened. And sometimes there's just not anything that happened. It's just, 
It was an erosion over time, small things that add up. You know, I've talked about this in previous episodes. Jeff and I talk about the jar, the things that will erode a relationship, judgments, assumptions, and resentment. And if you've gone a long time with a lot of judgments or assumptions or resentments building up, that turns into just complete poison on a relationship. And so it might not just be a thing that happened. Somebody cheated or they punched you in the face. Like it doesn't need to be that. It could I mean, be I was going to say like, good, <laughs> good on you. Like to have the courage to leave a lot of people will stay in a relationship and just fucking cheat, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause they don't know how else to get out of the relationship often, oftentimes, or they don't want to leave the relationship. They just also want to have this thing because they feel like they're sort of owed that or because of the judgments and the assumptions and the, and the resentments. I will also say that I do, and this is what's really hard about a relationship is oftentimes the person who gets broken up with wants the person who broke up with them to fill in all the gaps for them and, and like soothe them. And this is really, I think, uh, an issue. I think this is a mistake. I think there's no way that you as the person who broke up with him can really be the salve that he needs to move on. He needs you know, therapy or friends or family or, you know, counselor or someone else it can't be you. And yet I know what it feels like. Cause I've been in that position where the person you broke up with, like just wants you wants to, wants to ask you questions, wants you to fill in gaps for them. And like, they're constantly, and now you're in a position where you're trying to like soothe them but yet you were the one who broke up with them. So, and I understand both sides of it. I get why people do that because they just want more. And I had this moment where I was going through, even though like I technically left my marriage, um, you know, my ex-husband had the affair. I ended up leaving the marriage, but I remember even in that, those years, that one year that I stayed and then the years after that, I remember constantly asking him like, why? And what happened? And like, just, I just needed to fill in the gaps. And then I had this moment where I was like, this dude can't help me. He just can't like he's doing his best. He's just a human. And I keep not getting something. I keep wanting him. I just keep wanting to be like, okay, one more answer, one more question, one more around the corner. It's good. The the answer's got to be there. And I finally had this moment where I was like, this can't dude can't help me. Like this isn't the person who needs to be helping me. And that's when I really doubled down on my friendships and my family and really told the people closest to my life, something that really embarrassing to me, started going to therapy, whatever I needed to diversify the ways that I was having, I was healing myself. So as hard as it is, and I know you kind of alluded to this when you asked the question, what you didn't say, but what I'm going to say is that there needs to be a boundary. There just does. And it doesn't mean you need to fully cut them off, but you need to have a very serious conversation around like, Hey, I know that you're looking for something from me and I've given you, I've, I've shared my entire narrative with you. This is what I see. This is where I'm at with things. I don't know that I want to move forward at all. Even if you do change those things. So I don't know that I can be as available as you want me to be. I can help you find a counselor. I can help you find a therapist or, you know, friends or help facilitate those conversations. I feel like for men, this is harder too, but like he needs to find someone else to process a breakup with. It can't be with you. And I think that's really hard. Oh, it's so good. I'm just nodding my head like crazy. I had to put my mic on mute because I thought I was going to be breathing heavy when I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) but it's the truth. They want to know. And I was that same way. I want, I had so many questions I needed to know. And you're processing your pain at the person who's quote, causing you the pain and it's not helping either one of you. And in fact, if you're the one having to deflect that, it's probably even making them less attractive and making you more like, totally this is the reason why I don't want to be here. That was and the first thing we said before we even turned the mic on. I was yeah. like, at some point, once you've decided you're out of the relationship, yeah. any more 
like wallowing and asking and neediness turns you off even more. So I don't know if you're feeling that, but I've definitely had that experience. Definitely. And you start to, you just, yeah, it just is like, yep, this is, this is the right decision. Mm -hmm. It was the right decision. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you have that moment where you're like, yep. Yeah. I don't know. This is a little too little, too late. Yep. And then you start to lose respect a little bit Mm because you start looking at them with pity Mm -hmm. instead of as person someone you, equal like, to someone you, you respect. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah once you lose that respect it's really tough to come back from that What's up, you guys? This episode is brought to you by The Happiness Diet. Go to thehappinessdiet.com to check out this digital course. Danny and I put this thing together um, about a year ago. And honestly, like this is, if you've ever said to yourself, I just feel stuck in my relationships. I feel stuck in my life. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know how to get out of my own way. This program is for you, thehappinessdiet.com. Go ahead and check it out. It is like literally six to 12 weeks of best practices, tools, strategies. It's not just like, hey, let's talk about our feelings. It's actual like in the trenches work that you guys can do on yourself, in your relationships to come out on the other side, feeling way more empowered, way more ownership, and really having a clear path to how you can heal, not only heal, but also get better. So go to thehappinessdiet.com, check out everything. If you have questions, send us a DM and we can talk obviously about your own situation, if this is going to be a good fit for you, but would love to have you in this program. It is tried and true, thehappinessdiet.com. Yep. There is that song, uh, breaking up is easy to do. <laughs> you know, I break up every time I break up with you, but is it a country song? Is that why no, you have that accent? No. <laughs> um, but breaking up is not easy to do. It's, it's one of the harder things I used to always think maybe getting, you know, nobody wants to get dumped. You don't want to be rejected, but sometimes breaking up with a good person is way harder than getting dumped because you have that guilt. And when you're a good person, you're feeling bad and you have history and you have great, there's great things about them. You were with them for however long you were with them. You chose them, they chose you. And so to suddenly not choose someone, it hurts and it hurts you to hurt someone that you love because you still love them. And Jill said it, like, you got to set up a boundary, even if there is a no contact for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. I think that I completely cut off contact for my ex for, for about three or four months where I blocked his number. I blocked him on social media, not so he couldn't reach out to me, but more so I couldn't stalk him or reach out to him. And it was for the best of us both so that we could leave each other alone and process our own shit. And so not to like be, to block someone to be mean, but to protect you both and to kind of give him some time to process some things. Time and space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think that's really, and it's, it's really hard because like the last thing he probably wants is to not have access to you. Right. Yeah. But like, you might have to say like, Hey, let's not talk for a month and let's just, you know, plan on, you know, maybe having a chat in a month and like checking in then how does that sound? I know this is tough for you, but like, honestly, if you really are serious about, you know, doing some personal development stuff and really like getting down and deep into your own issues, then maybe this is a good opportunity. Believe me. Like, I mean, I'm sure she still feels something for him too, you know, so it's not exactly easy. You care for him. Um, but I think setting up that boundary, Jade and I did the same thing. Actually, we, after he moved to LA, um, we started like sleeping together again and like, you know, sort of act like sleeping over each other's places and sort of acting like we were sort of, mm-hmm. even though we, neither of us really were back together. Um, but 
then I just had this moment where I was like, look, I had this very like clear moment. We're not going to be together. We're not going to like, like, it's just not changing. So I can't be seeing him because really what this is doing is keep me in a holding pattern and unable to move on with new people. And so I cut it off from him and he was fairly new to LA. So he was very, he did not like that. Um, he had a really hard time with that. And like, he would send me these like passive aggressive texts and stuff being like, well, it must be nice to have friends in LA, like stuff like that. And I'm like, sorry, dude, I want to tell you, like, I, you know, I, I had to do this for me. So, so I think, yes, there's going to be a series of tough conversations. It sounds like you're already doing those. Um, but I think in terms of holding the line, I think you could do some tactical stuff. Like Danny said, like block their number or, you know, uh, I don't know, just like some things where you can block them on social media or something like that, where you just might have to get out of sight, out of mind for a time, but realize that you're not responsible. You're not ultimately responsible for his well being. Like, I hate to say it like that, but like, you're not responsible for like making sure he's okay after this. In fact, that might even be worse if, yeah. if you're the person who's trying to soothe him. It is. I like the one month off and kind of reconvening. Cause then it gives someone about a little bit of time to go, okay, I can, I can do a month can do it. and probably maybe after that month, there's going to be some cooling down and not so much neediness. The other reason why you're going to want to do this or have some block is when you start dating again and seeing other people, you're going to find that they're still reaching out and you're feeling like you're cheating on them or secretly hiding these new relationships that you want. And it's weird. So you don't want to start dating and then they're still up in your DMS or coming over and they're like thinking this is going to work. So now you're leading on the person that you are breaking up with having another life and then starting this weird, like you're lying and you're cheating, even though you're not together because you're not cheating. And it just creates really weird dynamics. So that cutting off for 30 days, I think is a good start, like minimum. And then, you know, checking in as a friend and then doing it again or whatever you need to do. But I think that's a really great strategy just to start. It's like 30 days, one month, we're not going to contact each other at all. Don't message me, you know, unless someone dies, have a friend reach out to me on your behalf. <laughs> you know, there's an emergency, have your best friend talk to my best friend, and then they will get to me, but we aren't connecting mm -hmm. to each other or something. And that's hard because like at some point someone's going to want to reach out, right? Mm -hmm. Like at some point someone's going to want to reach out and it's going to be hard, but if he reaches out, I mean, if I were you, I would just let it sit there, you know, mm -hmm. and not make it mean like I'm a bitch or like I'm cold or I'm like, whatever. It's like, hey, we agreed on this and this is what I need to do. And but also you can't manage how he sees you either. Right. Like, that's the thing is like he's going to walk away from this with his own narrative about you, whether he's like she's a bitch or she's amazing or she's the one that got away or whatever that narrative is like you can't control that all you can control. And I will say this like high level. This is the last thing I'll say about this, which is clear communication. That's it. Like at least you can then walk away knowing that you didn't lie. You didn't manipulate. You didn't, um, you were fully transparent. You were kind and inclusive. I think that's actually at a service to be as honest as you can about how you feel and where you're at. Then you can walk away with a clear conscience. Cause you're like, you know what? I, I, I stayed in my truth. I said exactly everything I wanted to say and how he takes it as a result of that. I think sometimes when we're not, when we do lie or we do, you know, manipulate or reduce or we leave things out cause we're trying to spare their feelings it just prolongs the process. I think there's a way to be really honest. And I do see honesty actually as a, as nice, as nice. Like I'm like, honesty is a service. So I do think that at least on your side of the street, you can get clear on, I did everything in my integrity and I can be proud of the kind of person that I was. So regardless of what, whatever narrative he wants to make about you, 
it's not your business to manage that. You just know that you did your absolute best to be as honest and as, as inclusive as you could be. Mm-hmm. And knowing you're not going to be able to answer every question he, he has about it. You don't have to. Um, she did ask about other resources and podcasts, and this is actually for everybody. I should mention this more often, but if you go to Spotify and look up the best life podcast, there's actually some playlists. So we have the playlist set up by topic. We have entrepreneurship and business playlist. We have a money mindset playlist. We have food obsession and exercise obsession playlist, and we have a relationships and communication playlist and marriage and infidelity playlist. So go to Spotify. You can search those. And if you go to our website is up now, um, we should have an opt-in. It's not on the page right now. I don't think, but I will get it up there soon. We, where you can enter your email and we can send you those playlists. So you can either find them link by link in iTunes, or you can get sent straight to Spotify as well. So we do have those playlists set up in Spotify and, um, and you can opt in for that too, but awesome. that'll help. In that terms of like, can see those I, yeah, episodes. I don't really know a lot of books to be honest on this stuff. Like what might be useful here? I mean, honestly, I just do think it is a matter of clear communication. We did a whole episode on clear communication that I think might be really valuable. I'm sure you can find it in the playlists. Yep. Yep. And just, you know, being, I think the people pleasing one too, mm-hmm. you know, recognizing what do you want instead of worrying about what they want, you know, and outgrowing people, we did one on outgrowing people as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'd be anyway, useful. hope this helps. Good luck Thank with you for the question. Time always and, helps though, too. You know what I mean? Like you guys yes. have figured out, you know, you go through the weeds, everyone does, you know, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's been six months and you're like, oh yeah, that's not even a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take it one day at a time. You'll manage it. Things will change regardless. The situation will change and good on you for even for number one, leaving, having the courage to leave, uh, being honest, and then also sticking to your guns. Amen. We have some great listeners, powerful women here and men here. We have some really cool dudes that listen. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. Well, thank you for chiming in and helping us in the DMS. If you have your own things that you'd love to hear us talk about, or just even personal circumstances, you'd like our take on, we love those because when they're very specific, they actually relate to more people. So even if you're like, nobody else is having this problem, share that problem with us. Cause probably someone is having that exact thing. <laughs> and, um, so many of the lessons are just relatable in a lot of other situations too, yeah. except don't ask us anything about parenting. Uh, cause we won't have much to say there. <laughs> exactly. All right, y'all. Thank you so much uh, for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.